Hello and welcome to this week's POI podcast. Today we'll be discussing Andrew Neil's new project, GB News. This new news channel has been controversial from the start with companies attempting to boycott the channel before airing, as well as much suspicion over the presenters who have, been, uh, well, who have appeared and been picked for the channel. GB News was created to act as an alternative to the mainstream media, allowing people greater choice in what they want to watch. Whether this is a good or a bad thing depends on personal opinions. The recent POI article on the release of GB News received quite heavy flack in the responses, and it should be interesting to see how our participants' opinions vary on the show. Joining me today, we have Kieran Burt for the Conservatives, Joseph McLaughlin for Labour, and Max Anderson for the Liberals. I'd first like to ask Kieran, what are your thoughts on GB News? So, I think actually it's a good, um, a good thing and a good idea because, like you say, it allows people more freedom to choose what they want to watch. Um, I. When the article states that it'll overthrow the BBC, I don't think it'll go quite that far. Um, but I do think, in principle, it's a good thing for media development. Okay. Joseph, in your response, you felt rather differently about the opinion. Would you care to uh, give your opinion? Indeed, indeed. Um, well, I am not opposed to the principle of people having more choice with what they... Uh, come to watch but in my article i line out that i believe that the purpose of gb news is to rile up a small amount of um, people who are already intrigued in what they're already selling rather than looking to sort of expand outwards in any meaningful way to take on the bbc okay and max I mean, I'm completely against it, and I would be against anything that is similar to GB News. I mean, there's a reason why we have, well, it's, it's kind of a duopoly now, but there's a reason why all of Europe has a monopoly on public broadcasting and what news on uh, on television. There's a reason for that. And this is a dangerous road of starting down, breaking that monopoly that starts uh, to end up and look a little bit like America. And we could sit here talking for days about America's failure in their um in their news so i i think this is an incredibly worrying thing that we've started down a road of because and no matter what happens there'll be responses from the left and there'll be more from the right and eventually we'll have such a oversaturated market in uh frankly poor news reporting which is something that incredibly worries me so gb news is frankly one of the most worrying things i've seen uh to happen in the last 100 years in, uh, in in media, really, especially in media news in this country. You said things like GB News. Would you care to elaborate on what things are? Well, we've seen it uh, drastically increase in the last 20 years of most uh, broadsheets, newspapers moving towards what's called soft news. Uh, and this kind of focuses less on information and facts and more on or sexy headlines. So focusing on stabbings or scandals or words that people really respond to and grabs people's headlines' attention. However, it, it's really... The problem is with that is it causes two problems. First of all, um, it, it actually decreases people's mental health. And a weird thing I only just learned recently, very bizarre, can cause depression, but that's not the main thing I'm going to focus on, but it, it can lead to that. But it certainly hurts democracy and political interest and political interaction. Uh, and that's going to, at the end of the day, hurt our democracy. Now, because newspapers are not as uh, um, as influential and drawing as television is, and I think that's something we can all agree, 
um, it, it's it's not as harmful. And actually, uh, we still see the BBC on social media being forty to fifty percent of what people read in the news in the UK. So actually, the BBC still does very well in that market in terms of providing news in general. Well, compared to Lad Bible is a really good example, um, which is ironically second. But what this is what this does is it paves the way for soft news on um, um, uh, on um, on television. And the way that, you know, CNN, uh, ABC, Fox News, all these news sites in America well and truly do. And I think and it's, they're fighting for our attention, which at the end of the day, is, and it's very well proven, hurts our democracy and hurts political interaction. Kieran, you said you felt that uh, it's a good thing that people have more choice, but Max says it's a threat to democracy. What are your thoughts? I don't think it's a threat to democracy because... You know, people can choose or not whether to watch this, to listen to it, and they can, if they want to stick with the older established um, news outlets like the BBC, um, like Sky and ITV, um, Channel 4 as well. So they can easily stick to that. Like the viewership of GB News is never going to get as high as to, you know, influence millions of people to vote any particular way and i don't think it'll ever be as partisan because our regulations on what can and can't be put on um tv are a lot stronger than america's i i have i i agree with everything well i don't actually care i i mean i have two very major concerns with what you say that it's not it's not stupid what you're suggesting but the problem is, is first of all, you, you talk about Ofcom and uh, you're right to suggest that they have extremely strong regulations. But unfortunately, what we've seen in the most recent of years is, um, especially with the appointment of the new commissioner for Ofcom, who is anti-BBC. So what we're expecting, what blatantly we should be seeing, and I, unfortunately, I think um, we, we're seeing Ofcom's powers slightly being taken off them a little bit. And I hope, and actually, I, I praise... Uh, what DCMS are currently doing and trying to give it a little bit back to them when negotiating with Netflix and stuff like that. But if you have a man ruling Ofcom and controlling it who is anti-BBC, I'm, I'm quite frankly, I'm, I'm slightly, and also a former Telegraph uh, editor, which you can take from that what you will, I am slightly concerned that that's not going to happen. But also as well, just because you can just close your eyes off you know, like what 80% of the country can close their eyes off and not watch GB News does not mean that it's not going to have an influence. That doesn't mean it's going to have a, it's not going to affect a tiny minority that might really radicalize them and not actually open them up to anything. It's just pigeonholing them to one political ideology. And that's what the BBC does so fantastically yeah. is that, and we saw in upcoming elections, 38% for the Conservatives, 36% coverage for Labour, 10% for both uh, the, um, uh, for uh, SNP and uh, the Brexit part is trying to give it gives a fair representation for everybody, and this and you know and we talk about America, we'll just end up having only Donald Trump on CNN, ABC, which he basically was, and no Hillary Clinton. So I, I, it's optimist, it's incredibly optimistic to suggest what you're suggesting, Karen, but it's actually just closing our eyes to pro- opening the, we're opening the door to something that's really really worrying. And we should not just sit on our hands and say, oh, it will probably be fine. I don't think that's the right approach to go about it here. Well, I do think that the very nature of of GB News and who they convey their stories to is inherently cannibalistic. 
because as we saw very recently, a presenter on the show took actually a knee in response to what happened to Marcus Rashford, Sancho and Saka over um, the UEFA Euro finals. And instantly, the moment that happened, it was GB News was trending on Twitter and people were jumping off the bandwagon and calling it sort of controlled opposition. I believe when you, at your core, focus on this very angry sort of worldview that's sort of the the establishment and the rest of the media are out to get us, that if you dare stray away to any sort of kind of normal position, like in actual reason sanity, that you're going to drive away the very people that you're trying to get on board in the first place. But him taking the knee inherently showed that they're not as radical, GB News is not as radical and um, out there as some people are making it out to be. It is well, I, I think if taking the knee sees you drop massive viewing uh, numbers and viewings, which it, when GB News views have dropped significantly. Exactly, by half and over a fortnight, whether it's because of that or just... Yeah, you, you've got to kind of... You got to turn around and think. Well, who are you? Who are you trying to pitch to here? If if that just taking a knee angers your viewer base, exactly. you've got to be thinking. You must be pitching to somebody. You must have presented it because no one's going to turn up. And if if people are turning up expecting one thing and they're disappointed, they're they're not just randomly concocting that in their brain. It will be presented in a way to be like that. They'll be thinking, and that's what it, they were told. And Andrew Neil, we're going to tell you actual news that real people want to hear. They are they are presenting themselves as an alternative to basically the the right, effectively. Uh, and if they ever so slightly stride from that, and this is also the biggest problem, is they're going to be real focusing on advertising, which means they are basically um, and, look, I, and it's the way that capitalism is. I understand that, but they are so caught on the chain. It's actually I think well, we can come to it later. I think it's a problem with the BBC at the moment. But GB News is kept on the chain of its viewers. And it can never present anything other than what they desperately want to see, which means it will just keep pandering to them and become further right, and further right and further right. And this is what we see in America. CNN constantly trying to pander to the left. We see Fox constantly trying to pander to the right. It's just the way that they are bred in nature in the capitalist society is to pander to that certain diehard audience that will always watch. And it just starts the ball rolling on just having... What, not having togetherness or a country that works together, which the BBC tries to present of everything that we can come together and everybody can watch and everybody gets something from it because it always tries to pander to anybody and it splits our society in two, which is incredibly dangerous in what will end up. And it will happen, as we're already seeing it in newspapers, because we have The Guardian on the left and we have The Times, the kind of stacked against them, Times, Telegraph, Daily Mail, The Sun... And that's the problem here. And that's what we have to try and avoid. Yeah, for okay. sure. I think the nature of, again, the nature of GB News is that you have an audience that will pull you to the right by any means necessary. But then again, you are chained to your advertisers who who will want to, the channel to remain politically neutral. They don't want to see this thing either side. And so that puts GB News in a rather untenable position of who to actually cater for. It, it's also the fact as well is that GB's budget, GB News budget is going to be real stretched. It's, it's not going to be fantastic. They've funded £15 million into it, which actually, in terms of most news sites, most of us will turn around and go, that's 
actually surprisingly little amount of money. But if you think Sky News made fifteen million pounds, that it's almost going to just about break them even. And this is not just, and this is not just a situation where they're trying to present new news. Now, this is this is a business. If you're not making money, it dies. And hopefully, if Ofcon ever do take action, it is going to kill GB News. So hopefully, this should be a failed experiment. But you know, it looks like it's, it's failed already. But the problem is, is that it's already spelled. Um, Rupert Murdoch is going to have a Fox-style show on Netflix presented purely for Britain, Brits. And we're seeing knockoffs already starting because we've opened the door to it. And Netflix is a whole new ball game if we want to go down um, trying to regulate that because that's nearly impossible at the for current sure. state that it is. So I can't see in any sort of situation that ha- breaking the monopoly that we have in this country is a benefit. And I, I, it, I frankly is possibly one of the most worried and I hope it fails miserably and puts off anyone ever doing it again but I just can't see that happening to be honest I think the doors open and unfortunately um we're off in that sort of sense because the left will present something soon and the right will keep going with you know we've got Rupert Murdoch who is a very famous tycoon of pushing right-wing news um in every country um so I think we've opened the door here to to new waves of radical news on on tv and i'm desperately worried i think, we I think the, the, oh, sorry about that i was gonna say rupert murdoch when he tries to push his i think people will instantly jump on that as the right because of the sun because of fox news so i think that one won't work because people will instantly see it and it'll probably be more radical so i don't think that one will work whereas gb news at the moment is yeah okay you have some like dan wallerton who is out there um but on the whole you have that the coverage is fairly spread it's obviously got its leanings but it's it has a very strong leaning to be fair with the likes of nigel farage and andrew neil and paul Embry, all these kind of very anti-woke types and very right winger i I do understand what kieran's trying to say is it's it's still trying to pander it's it's almost trying to tease the middle a little bit to come over and i do understand what he's trying to say but even still, even if it has one show a week that is really far right, that's still really bad. That or just even just right, that that's still a problem. That's still a worry, and mm. that's what we should be worried about. Because uh, as we can sit here and say how much influence television has, we we will never realize. Well, it's so it is the most unproven thing: the amount of influence that a radio and b television has. Uh, and radio coming back weirdly in the last couple of years. We, we will never, uh, in, in yourself, realise until you see the numbers, the, the the strain and the influence that it has on you. And the problem is, is that even that one show is going to have a huge impact on the way that you think and exactly. the way that you argue. And as, look, the BBC is not perfect. And Kieran, uh, your concerns about the BBC as well, I was also worried by because you, you fail to split BBC Entertainment and BBC News, which is also an important thing that you need to do here, because BBC News, I think, is perfect. BBC Entertainment is terrible. Uh, it has real problems that it needs to fix. Um, but you, you can't have... You need to split them and understand the differences. Um, but what it does in BBC News is absolutely fantastic. And it when you have the left saying it's too far right and the right saying it's too far left, it's doing something right. Exactly, exactly. 
I think a lot of this is very misdirected anger towards BBC and this kind of inherent, not not even inherent bias, the sort of perceived bias that the BBC is against the right wing. And just because like one of the presenters snickered at a flag one time, when I think it's very important to look at GB News, who is selling themselves as an alternative to this liberal bias media, the BBC, that has a segment hosted by an active sitting MP, Dana Davison of Bishop Auckland, hosting, actively hosting a segment on the show, and also being funded by millionaires who have ties to pushing hard Brexit and the Brexit campaign. I, mean, I don't see how you can subscribe to this narrative of anti-bias when just look at the money look at who's on the show it's so uh, obvious i'd also like to add as well is that the bbc has been investigated multiple times into whether or not it's politicized either way and every single time the case comes to a conclusion that it is not almost all every time and also the fact um the bbc has started to actually appoint um quite right figures, to, which is actually almost slightly worrying into itself a little bit, um, yeah. that it's starting to appoint some right-wing figures uh, into to its runnings. Uh, but, you know, you see some of the major, uh, I forget the show now, that was nearly cancelled by the BBC, but was uh, brought back, which um, quite a, I would argue, a very nationalistic concert, um, which has obviously been brought back into Entertain the Right. And I think Look, the BBC has so much wrong with it in terms of the entertainment side, which I hope we get to discuss a little bit during today, because I find mm. that really fascinating. Um, but to break a monopoly, which outright is proven in every single industry, that having a, a, a well-funded and a strong uh, monopoly, or duopoly in our case, uh, of the news is fantastic towards democracy and fantastic towards political engagement. And I, I just... I, and to remove it or to, to remove it straight out has huge consequences on uh, everything, um, which we could sit here for hours and think about. But it's, yeah, I, I'm repeating the same points at this point. But would not would not you say BBC are losing it to other outlets like social media and other online news sources, which might be partisan one way or the other in their own right? Uh, yes and no. I mean, as I said, the, the most read... Um, I mean, we've always had newspapers in this country that have always competed, but the BBC on uh, social media does very well. As I said, about 50% of people in this country read BBC news on social media. Uh, second is Lad Bible, which is, as I said, <laughs> ironic. Um, but compared to um, a lot of... Uh, which, first of all, is just because they, they're, they're pretty good at running how they do their social media online, actually, surprisingly, well, they, they kind of nail it quite right. And to if you want to talk about the way that they present themselves to surround themselves with, uh, they have such a good relationship with their journalists and their, their viewers. So Laura Koonsberg is a perfect example. If I ask um, an average person to name a Guardian writer or a Times writer, uh, they'll struggle to come up with one or two, I reckon. But, um, you know, you think of the BBC and you'll instantly know Laura Koonsberg. You'll know, you'll know quite a few of the major characters who are presenting and they, They've actually done a stronger job of surviving on social media better than most. And in terms of actually, have they lost many viewers on being the primary news source of most people in this country, especially against young people, has not happened. And uh, Kieran, I know you pointed that out and you pointed out the contrary. You are absolutely right in BBC Entertainment. People our age do not watch BBC at all. 
You are completely right. BBC Entertainment, you're completely right. But in terms of BBC News, it's actually, surprisingly, remains as one of the most read news sources. And that's in particularly amongst young people. It's actually old people are actually turning towards the Telegraph and the Times, which is also true with uh, GB News, which is as over 65s are mainly watching GB News. Over 65s, mostly whites and mostly men as well, rich yeah. men, so, which should be noted. Uh, I think... I think there's quite a significant. I don't think we should forget that women are significantly watching it as well. Oh, white women are significantly watching it. Of course, I, either with their partner or themselves. I, I don't think we. I, I think obviously more more men, obviously, but I don't think we should never in this situation completely rule out there are a lot of white women who are also particularly turning to GB News. I, I, I think that's there's there's too significant to forget that. But I think yeah. that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, you are completely right. Yeah, and so trust in the BBC remains very, very high. And I think looking at TV ship view of viewing figures is not a right way to look at actual how the B well the BBC is performing because all across TV and normal um, free view channels and stuff like that, it, viewership is in decline. However, for the BBC, though, 90% still use the service online, on TV, watching the news in some capacity. And public trust remains about 70%. So I think that they're doing a pretty good job considering everything. GB News is just trying to hit a very niche market. But that's incredibly niche. niche. But it's still a niche market that should be worried about. Because, it, you know, you you would hope that you, you want... The BBC does try and present itself to everybody. So it is trying to hit these markets as well. So to suggest they're being left out is, is not true uh, because the BBC tries incredibly hard to make sure that it represents... BBC News uh, represents all these groups. Uh, as the best it possibly can. Um, but just because it's a niche part does not mean we shouldn't be worried about what it does because it's exactly. effectively... I mean, th think about if we had uh, the niche side of North... Um, North um, you know, the Labour heartlands. If they didn't have... BBC, Do any still exist? Well, no, they, they don't. Uh -huh. And that's the point because they've been allowed to change their minds. They've, they've, you know, they don't have a left-wing television news site telling them every day why Labour's so fantastic. And there's the possibility of having new and open routes that are provided by the BBC, which are then supplemented by diverse uh, news sources on in, in, in broadsheets, which, again, are not as convincing as the BBC. So the BBC is a platform for you to build from and understand new ideas. And you think those those Labour heartlands would never have flipped if we had the, the type of news sources that we have uh, that America has, which is so straight down the line and so sorted. I think you're overestimating um, the strength of TV there. No doubt it's strong, but I don't think it's that strong. I, well, I think I, I, overestimating how much TV has. And yes, it has some, but not enough to flip elections one way or the other. Well, I, I, I would... You know, I, I would thoroughly disagree with that. I mean, CNN, ABC, and all all these major networks, out by almost double, only sh showed Donald Trump on television and covered Donald Trump. Exactly. And, overwhelm and overwhelmingly, he defeated Hillary Clinton. And now, on the flip side, two years later, it's all you know, four years later, it's all following Biden. And guess what? They, they I would. And I'll, but also as well, Kieran, it's like it's it's. It's daily. It's every single day. You're being reminded. You you'd be reminded every day of why the Labour Party is good. You'll be reminded of, and I'm not saying they wouldn't have necessarily flipped, 
because we can never know that. I'm putting out a hypothetical. But if you're having for 40 years of your life, because there are a lot of old, uh, uh, the older generations especially flip to conservative. If you have 40 years of your life, you're being told that Labour are the best and they're the right way. And anything that comes up against it is rejected by the news source that you always read. And I, I think and this particularly speaks to why a lot of people who read... Um, just just look at how you know the newspapers the sun uh has the sun uh the daily express have all flipped from left-wing newspapers to right-wing and with that they've probably dragged quite a few people with them across to the other side and if that's just broadsheets which we know are not as effective as newspaper as television i could not imagine the influence that television would have over that and I know I might be overestimating. I don't think I'm overestimating the power that television has. I mean, just look at the power advertising has in this country to, to, to constantly brainwash you to, to, to which I'm not arguing, I'm not arguing against advertising. You've got to be aware of the effects of advertising, but just pretty much brainwash you into thinking that um, certain products are fantastic because you keep seeing them on television. That's what, that's what advertising is 99% of the time. They know you're not necessarily going to buy a Coca-Cola when you see a Coca-Cola advert. You're just reminded of the strength and the power that Coca-Cola is. And that, this is the day-in, the day-out reminder of what it is and the visualisation of seeing it does have a huge effect. I'm not saying if we switched to it tomorrow, we'd see the changes. I'm saying after 40 years. And you know, where we see countries... Uh, let's take the Eastern European countries, that all their PSMs, for public service media... Uh, are all being basically destroyed and replaced with white right-wing news. We can see a huge change around in uh, Eastern European countries from going either quite left or centrist uh, to very far right. Mm. And if you're telling me that has nothing to do with the power of uh, basically their equivalent to the BBC being destroyed, I, I would question. I'm not saying it's entirely that, but I, I think certainly we should be... We, we can't saying that it wouldn't no i'm not saying that they have no power at all i think when you look at america this year when you say that everyone covers covered biden i don't think like a lot at least from cnn it was all anti-trump and when you compare that to the votes well trump only narrowly lost so i don't think well whether cnn was pro more pro biden or more pro trump um would that have flipped the other formula obviously you can never know um but that's what and if there was a huge gap then okay yeah then i would have agreed more but because there's that only small gap of votes against trump and the constant anti-trump and there was a lot of it um i'm not saying what it was, it was mainly you can say it's mainly anti Trump on CNN. Yeah. We all know I mean, it Trump is. was doing a pretty bad job, it was very clear for every, anyone to see on the media that time. I mean, even Fox News, here's an observation even Fox News was starting to you know jump shit from Trump. So, yeah. uh, look, it, it's what I'm saying is that over years and years and years of installation and uh, being told again what is right on news, online, or on visual media news, you're going to think a certain way. That just happens. And, yeah, and even just the slight inclination of a slight change or a slight talking about someone different on news channels uh, has had quite a, you know, I, I, I know what you're saying, Kieran, is that just because it was a small win doesn't mean it's necessarily a, a big change. But 
actually, you know, considering that these are people who will be not only just fed the same thing day in, day out, because it's such a, a split society in America, because mainly because of this, um, I think that they have even managed to influence even a little bit is slightly worrying. Uh, but I, I get I get what you're saying. But I think the, the main point of this focus should be that when the new sources in Eastern Europe, Eastern Europe have changed from being non-biased to extremely far right, um, and we see the rise of uh, far right um, dictators effectively in Eastern Europe, I think that's a better example of what I was talking about than using America. Well, bringing it back to the BBC as the uh, other main channel we've been talking about, what do people feel about the future of the BBC? Max made a clear distinction between the news and the entertainment side. So I would just like to hear what uh, his two colleagues, Kieran and uh, Joseph, feel. Kieran, how do you feel about the future of the BBC? Well, for the moment, I certainly think it's uh, stable. As I, I disagree with the view that GB News will take over the BBC space or I suppose even become uh, a serious competitor in that regard. Um, however, I think there's been a lot of controversy around the BBC, um, especially around the Diana uh, interview recently. Um, that a lot of questions were asked about that. Um, and I certainly think BBC has doesn't doesn't want to be complacent um, and think that it has the sole monopoly or duopoly. Um, but for the moment, I think it's fairly secure. And Joseph, how are your, yeah, all your I'm, feelings? Yeah, I'm certainly in agreement that the BBC is here to stay for the time being. I think that trust and um, public use is still just too incredibly high for anyone to knock. And I think that after about 50 years of the TV news being incredibly non-partisan, that I think that it's going to be hard for normal people who are used to that to switch off to on a partisan alternative. I don't think that GB News' aim was ever to really knock the BBC in any sort of case. I believe it was to dedicate itself, even if it's a loss-making uh, company, to an incredibly niche set of politics and to a very kind of politically engaged kind of group of people who will continue to feed into what they've been doing. So I do think the BBC can pretty much weather whatever scandal is thrown at it, because there have been a few in the past, but of course the BBC is still, still here today. Well, it has certainly been an interesting debate from Max's point of view that Pandora's box may be opened and we may be reaching a future of our media that may be similar to America. Peter, am I allowed to say a quick comment, if that's okay, to just finish off if we have time, or just answer, also respond to your question about the future of the BBC? Your final comments then, please, Max. So uh, I'm, I'm going to take a completely different stance. I'm incredibly worried for the future of the BBC. Uh, I think this mainly comes down to their financial situation. Um, trust in the BBC might be high, but everyone is hates paying television licence fees. Um, and that's a one of the biggest, th uh, most important things for it financially, and the second was advertising. Now, because everybody hates TV licences, its funding's not going to increase. And that means it focuses more on advertising, which means, unfortunately, what is starting to happen is they're starting to have to try and appeal to the majority to get as many people to view their stuff as possible. And that's why I think BBC Entertainment's in trouble, 
because it's it's struggling to to pander to people comparing to Netflix. Uh, but it was also starting to have a small effect on their news. And ITV has been subject to this a few times now. And it doesn't report in regional news as much as it needs it, as much as it's required to. So I think GB News is not necessarily the problem, but I think the reports that are coming out, the BBC is sick. And I don't think it, it, it's, it's fine. It can walk around. It's got the flu. It's got a little bit of a cough. It'll be fine. You know, it works pretty well. But this could turn real nasty and very quickly. And I don't think, I don't think we should blindly, and luckily with the Lord's report that's come out recently, uh, I think we're starting to take a bigger interest in the BBC, especially in the Commons, and it's becoming more of a discussion. But if we keep blindly walking, thinking that the BBC is okay, it's going to run out of funding. And, it's, and BBC Entertainment's is pretty much dead at the moment, unfortunately. Um, I, I think we need to accept that. There's some real trouble. But BBC News is next. And unless we start taking that seriously, um, we're going to be in trouble. On that final note, I would like to thank you, the, thank the three people who joined me this evening. We've had Kieran Burt for the Conservatives. We've had Joseph McLaughlin for Labour. Max Anderson for the Liberals. I've been your host, Peter, and this has been the POI Podcast. <laughs>